Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 278. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sanitsky. Hello. Hey, it's me. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? Good. Very fine. So, <laughs> I was, of course, at the uh, family get-together that happens every Sunday in my family, and our first patron is also the loudest one, and he was like, I cannot believe you guys forgot about the Zamyad Z24. No, we didn't forget about the Zamyad Z24. It, in just the... Got, it was a first-round knockout. No, no, no. Uh, the first... Uh, episode of World Cup of Cars this year, we tried to remember who won it in 2018, and we couldn't come up with it oh, on the spot Z24, there. Yeah. yeah, and Scott <laughs> was angrily listening to the episode at that time, so I put it in here to acknowledge that we didn't say it on that episode, but of course we would never forget about the Zombie at Z24, and maybe I'll add it back to the uh, the banner. <laughs> we will be updating the banner after next episode, actually. Yeah, I looked at the notes, and I'm very excited, because mm-hmm. we're catching up on a lot of things that we haven't done for quite some time. Yes, next next week, when you are listening, unless you're listening live, next week will be the Modi Awards and our Bear Market Bull Market list. Hell yes. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, if you were listening on Twitch, just go ahead and keep listening, because that will happen for you yet today. But the rest of you listening on uh, normal venues next week. All right, before we get into topics, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage on this super cool handcrafted website. You'll find three open-ended levels of support starting at just a buck a month. Helps us pay hosting costs and things like that. We would greatly appreciate it, but there's no requirement. Patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. Um, I actually did place the order for shirts, so those should be coming soon. Great. I am bummed that the minimum, the minimum size is small and the, the utmost size is 3X. I asked Tucker if that would work. He's like, no. I'm like, okay, fine. I tried. So at least I will have koozies and all that shit. I looked into hats, but all the styles were really bad. So at some point I'll get they those coming They don't have like a trucker hat like I usually wear? No. Weird. Yeah, I mean, they had like really, really like just like late 90s style cuts and everything for like baseball caps and stuff like that. I'm like, no, nah, I really don't want no. that. I want to actually wear the thing. So I'll keep looking see if I can find a better vendor for that. But uh, Chase specifically, don't worry, shirts in route. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have Ryan get in touch with you once that's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. I have the first topic today, and, of course, it's about EVs, because that's pretty much all I talk about these days. But you know, to be fair, I'm going down that path as well. I'm pretty much only talking about EVs or old cars. Because they're the most interesting thing we can currently talk about, like the... The status quo of like combustion vehicles that's on sale, and we're actually going to talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just bleh. So uh, anyway, moving back to electric cars, I want to talk about Hyundai Kia and how they're continually just completely killing it with EVs. We've seen that with the Ionic 5, mm-hmm. 6, the uh, EV6, the GV60, I believe is the Genesis product. But this is actually in relation to a patent they're filing for on solid-state battery tech. So we've heard for God, more than my entire lifetime, how the next big thing in battery technology is coming right around the corner. In the last five, ten years, the buzzword has been solid-state battery. Yeah. And we've heard most recently about, like, aluminum air. And, like, they are actually in production. They do work. But the problem is they haven't been miniaturized and made cheap enough to actually put into mass production. And now Hyundai Kia might Supposedly, Hmm. this patent says that they have now gotten them to the point where they're commercially viable and they're able to be packaged into an energy-dense enough thing for an EV. That's pretty cool. Like the Ionic 5. So I'm excited cautiously, but like this company hasn't lied to us about EV stuff that much in the past five years. So that's the main reason I'm covering it, because I do actually believe them. If Volkswagen had said this, I'd be like, right, okay, fun, sure. Fun battery fact. Yes. 18, 18 650s will chamber into a 12-gauge shotgun. 
I'm sorry, I have to ask, why do you know this? <laughs> well, I'm in this like cursed gun image group, and this guy took a shotgun shell and disassembled it, okay. and like cut the powder charge well, by a lot, Okay. put like a little pad in between it and an 18650 and used the 18650 as a slug. I mean, I suppose it would work. It wouldn't fly that straight, I wouldn't think. No, but... it is quite incendiary. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's fully charged too. So it, you know, oh yeah, no, it, it was very incendiary. Yep. <laughs> Who needs tracers when you got you just Tesla 18, Model S cells? Eighteen six fifty is. My vape's getting a little spicy, so I think I'm going to use this one as a round. Yeah, I'm not... right. so... I thought that was worth uh, mentioning. That that is my battery news for the day. I'd say that's so just Hyundai's as... making solid state batteries in eighteen six fifties. And, and Americans they're... are using them as Civil War grade <laughs> yeah. munitions. Yeah, they're incendiary rounds for your home defense shotgun. And let's not ignore the fact that they will definitely blindside whatever they hit. Oh yeah, no, you are not <laughs> expecting that. Like that, that the person who is like th- th- there is not a medic kit available for. <laughs> what happened to him? Um, You're never going to believe this. You won't believe this. <laughs> it's just you know you won't believe it. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a fun fact. Well, I now know that. Thank you. So. um... <laughs> I was thinking. <clears throat> oh God! Yes, this, this happens to me. <laughs> we haven't done one of these things, one of these questions, where like we like actually air our opinions on something rather than just like reading news. Like Lately. purely opinion piece. Yeah, exactly. I was wondering, what do you think the most iconic year is of the 2010s? Because like you know, like in like the 50s, like 1957 is like yeah. the year. 1964 is the year. 73, 86, right. etc. It's when like more than one manufacturer, more than one technology when lands. When pretty in one much year. like it all peaked. Yeah. Like when do you what do you think that was and for that matter, we'll go back like the 2000s and the 90s as okay. well because a lot this is, you know, a question that a lot of millennials are like now like now that we are all affording the cars we want for the most part except for me. Um <laughs> <laughs> sorry right as i looked up there was a red truck on the railroad tracks just ripping um <clears throat> so my what i think the best year of the 2010s was okay. 2012 why so yeah fiat was like on fire everything they made was great at that point because well, they had, were just landing yep you had the 500x the 500l with turbo engines, you had the Abarth, you had the... Abarth didn't come until the next model year. No, it was yep. 2000... Okay. No, trust me. Scott bought his car. It was delivered in 2011. Really? But I thought it was... Even though the Abarths are 2012 model year, they didn't come until the following year, so... It's, it's a model year. The model year is what matters. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. The model year okay. of 2012, then you were, I think. Yes, you were because, correct. yes, the 2012 Abarth was there. Yep. Uh, you had SCCA Spike Racing, which was the Mazda 2 versus the... Uh, Toyota uh, Yaris versus the Honda Fit in a like the angriest, stock car, slowest, stock racing. funnest yes, racing. It's very cool, and they <laughs> made all the they made um, factory like specification cars. Like I know you could buy one. Before. You buy a Fit with a roll cage in 2012. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, I love that. Walking through the dealer. What is what is that? That was also the very <laughs> last year of the Mazda RX-8, which is the last rotary. So although it fizzled out like a bad fart. Um, wow, I picked a very similar year and for very similar reasons, but I'll wait until but yeah, the, with the, uh, the RX-8, I... Can't believe they made that until I know, yeah. Wow. It, it was a giant turd. But still, the thing is, is that it was rotary engine in production in 2012. Right. And I think that that is worth mentioning. So yeah, I would say definitely 2012 would be my pick for uh, the 2010s. What would be your pick? 
I picked 2011. Okay, fair. And for similar reasons. Mainly, that was, like, in my opinion, the last gasp of enthusiasm out of BMW, and they made a ton of good product in that they did. one yes. year. They made the 1M. That was the last of the hydraulic steering cars. That's, oh, that was 2011. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, and like the uh-oh. Boxster Spider, which is the only Porsche I really care about from the modern era because it's terrible. Mm-hmm. The, the top takes like 30 minutes to put on. There's no benefit to it. And it's way more <laughs> expensive. I'm like, I love this car. That's fantastic. Uh, like the diesel X5, for whatever reason, was just tremendously good. And that was a 2011 product. There were a couple issues with it, but it was also the year Fiat landed on the ground in the United States. Um, yeah. I got the uh, the Prima. And honestly... I, I, I really think that's worth mentioning because like... But Mercedes too. Like yeah. they went from the two, the two hundred four died that year, and like they went to the nasty Jelly Bean two hundred five. Oh yeah, yeah, with the turbo. I think I think you might be right. Two thousand eleven, because it's like I think they're the same thing though. Because like you picked the model year, I picked the actual year, mm-hmm. and it's like that we yeah. Like I said, we picked the, almost the same year for almost the same reasons. So I think that really was the pinnacle. What about the Naughties? What was your what was your favorite year of the Naughties? Favorite year of the Naughties. Two thousands. Words. <laughs> Whatever I call them, the Naughties. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only old person thing I do. 2006. <laughs> okay, why? That was the peak <clears throat> of everything that they were making in that era before the recession. Okay, that's a fair point. Because you had, like, it doesn't matter what you were into, there was something available for you. Like, I believe that's 2000 CR was available that year. Mm-hmm. I, it could be wrong. That might be a... a it was either 05 or 06. Either way, you get an AP2. It's fine. Um, like, AP2 True. fine. <laughs> that was definitely on the docket in that year, yes. I'm pretty sure the NSX was still around. <laughs> Yeah, oh, f- five or oh six was its last yeah. year, but again, you still like, you could buy a pretty, new one for pretty sure. Sure, like you could definitely find one in a dealership. Oh yes, 100%. but also like you had the Colorado available with a V eight. You had yeah, the Alpha or whatever. All of the Hummers were around if you were into that sort of thing, and you could get a manual Hummer. Yes, you get a, you could get a Wrangler Unlimited, which is a long wheelbase two door Wrangler. Very cool, and that was the J. Uh, no, it was the the TJ. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long wheelbase TJ Wrangler. Really cool. rare. Super. They only cool made those truck. for a year or two. Yeah, a very cool truck. Um, I forgot about the TJU. Yeah. Huh. See, so, and then that was that was the year that like Honda like had like a comeback with the Civic Si. Let's not forget the EXP uh, Element facelift yes, as well. Yes, EXP Element facelift. You had the Element uh, SC as well. That didn't come until later. That oh, was, was 2010. It was 2010? Er, Never mind. It was a little later, but it wasn't 06. That was the, uh, it was the EXP. 2006 was also the first year of the Honda Fit in the United States. Really? Yeah. Wow, I thought those came earlier, but I guess not. Yeah, 04, that was the Jazz they, No, they were, they were then, made in yeah. 03. Actually, 02. Really? It was the first year of the Jazz. Imagine yeah. buying a Jazz in 02. You could still be driving that happily today. No, no, that like literally... The, by the time we got the first generation Honda Fit, it had already been around for an entire model cycle. Well, it's just like when we got the Fiat 500. Yeah, like it was an entire model <laughs> cycle before we got it. But uh, yeah, very cool car. Um, I picked 2003, and yes. again for almost the same reasons. And uh, this also, one, I, one second. Yeah, I believe the MR2 is still around in 06. 05 was its last model year. But again, like the NSX, you could no, still buy anyone. Still find them. Like they were attainable. Yeah, great. I, I don't need. A ZZW30, but like it's re- they're starting to appreciate. You need, I'm, it. you know, I need to put that on my uh, buy list. Actually, you you need you need a ZZW30 <sighs> now before you can't. And there are so many cheap two ZZ swapped ones too. I'm I like, know, I oh, really oh think my you god! Should do that. You should really but I love it. my 124. It's fine. You don't need just one Japanese car. <laughs> it's okay to have more than one Japanese car. No, I, I will have more than one Japanese car, but I don't need like two 
lightweight two-seater convertibles. They're different vehicles. I know they are. No, one one is a car which you drive on the road, which that's what the 124 is. And then the ZZW30 is a car that you take to autocross if ever the mood ever strikes you. There you go. I don't enjoy that, nope, waiting for four hours between nope, runs in a parking that, lot. That's your reasoning for buying it. In case the mood ever strikes you to go autocrossing. I mean, let's be real. That's basically how I buy every oh, car. Yeah, exactly. That You have to have a very specific purpose for every vehicle. Anyway. And the ZZW30, <clears throat> furthermore, takes up about the same footprint as... <laughs> Your shoe. This shoe. This specific shoe. Let the record show Ryan removed his shoe to show it to me. Yes. That's how much space it takes. <laughs> All right. My reasons, though. 2003. Yes. Launch of the K-Series. Launch of the Element. The last good year of the pre-Bengal BMWs. Uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, uh, the K series. The K series did. K series alone. A, it, it did launch as a big fart. You yeah, well, because it started with the A three and the A four. It was really bad. We didn't get the A two until a four. Yeah, I know. It, was, oh, it oh, started with only the tall deck engines. Oh, oh three <laughs> was like everything changed, and people were naive enough to go, "Hey, the nineties will continue." Yeah. Things are changing, <laughs> but this will be okay. Well, okay, let's. <laughs> and the and 90s will continue. Speaking of the 90s, yeah. 97. 1997, you had. <laughs> we just did the same thing because I picked the year and you picked the model year. Really? Yeah. yeah so this is my reason for 97. <laughs> okay. Speci- I have a specific purpose. All right, for this. lay it on me. All right. So 97 was you had the Civic SI, you had the Integra Type R, okay. you had oh, the Mark yeah. IV Supra. Oh, yeah. And the Civic SI was started in 97. So that's why okay. I said 97, not 96. I wanted to say 96. And I will back up your 96 in a one second here. You still had a lot of the gizmos. Well, not a lot. You had some <coughs> of the high-tech gizmos on the 3000 GT still. You had the NSX. You had everything that was great in the world. Um, what year did the Ferrari 360 come out? Was that, was that 99? No, it was 2000. So you didn't have the 360 yet. Thank, thank God. God. Yeah. So like you didn't. You, the world wasn't ruined by that vehicle. And that was that was actually the first year of Motron. No, second year of Motronic 5.2. Yes. So and 97 was I think the first year of the water cooled Porsche, which is good because I hate Porsches. And I want bad I things right. to happen to that company. So yeah. Well, the the Boxer started in '96. Well, I mean, 911. I should yeah, say. those yeah. started in '98 or '99. I think it was '97. Really? For the 996, you might control, be right. I don't know. Control T, 1997. <laughs> Just uh, Google the 996. Mm, Look. Uh, Porsche 911. So. Uh, it was, in fact, yes, the last year of the wa- of the air cooled. So there you go. That's cool. Okay. So the last year of the, the air very cooled. last last gotcha. year of the air cooled Porsche, which Perfect. is fine. I don't like Porsche. Also, I do not. You either. could get a uh, 968 Club Sport 97. If I'm not those mistaken. are cool. That is. About as good of a Porsche as you can get. How? What do, what do those go for these days? Good money. Okay, damn it. This is a club sport specifically, but you can get a normal 968 for reasonable money. I do like that awkward 3-liter 4-cylinder. I really love how stupid... You know, I, I don't like Porsche, but I also like... Four cylinders that are absurd sizes. It's a forklift engine that they just put like a Cosworth head on. I swear, yeah, it really is. Like, <laughs> I think it's no. It actually was derived from an Audi truck engine. Well, yeah, because like, I mean, literally, it's, like that's what was in the 924 was an Audi truck engine. Yeah, it's a gradual evolution. Like they changed shockingly little on the 924, 944, and yeah, the no, entire they, run. No, that they, it did. they engineered around the problem. Yeah, <clears throat> that's, that's all they that's, did. That's they're still doing that. Yep, that's what they do. So anyway, I picked 1996, and there's like. Same reason I chose 03 is like this was really when the BMW team started falling from grace. Hang on, 
Yep. Then 1996 was the last year of four-wheel steering in the 3000 GT. That oh, also was the last year of the Spider in the 3000 GT. Oh, that is a cool car. So you can get four-wheel steering in a convertible top on a 3000 GT. Man, That's really when cool. all that stuff worked all at once, I bet it was tremendous. Oh, yeah. It'd be now really though, cool. I cannot even imagine owning a 3000 GT Oh, it'd, it'd be terrible. It'd be the but worst. They're experience. so cool. Yeah, they're very cool. Yes. We're seeing one down here actually at a Cars and Coffee ages ago, yeah, Kurtz, and the top yeah. was half down. Yeah, I'm like, Kurtz. I wonder if it's broken in that position. No, it's not. Kurt's cars are <laughs> Kurtzman's, um, like your brother's Mark's amount of money on cars. And he spends them on Mitsubishi's. So he just owns several cars. <laughs> but um, and all, they at all least work. one is working. They okay. all work okay. flawlessly. So, yeah, there's a lot of expenditure happening there. Yes, there is. Um, the, honestly, these aren't for reasons why I like them, but this was the first year of the ground-up redesigned Ford F-150, which was very significant. Oh, I hated that. I know. But, like, that's what ushered in, like, modern pickup truck design. Mm. And it did end up working really well for them because I mean that went that went onto the Super Duty like a couple years later, and that continued up until like the, two years ago. The '95 F-150 though. Oh, it's like, a way better looking truck. That, that is like my favorite, especially the Lightning is just oh, a yeah. perfect vehicle. The 351 Lightning, yeah. and then of course the birth of the CUV with the W163. Oh, I think that's when the 454 SS was around. Yeah, that checks out. I think they came out a couple years earlier, but it was also the first year for some really modern engines like the Mercedes M112 and M113. Oh, that was 93-93. I was wrong. BMW's M52. So, I mean, it's a very significant year, but it's like that's when all that stuff was at the auto shows, and 97 is when all that really came to fruition. Yes. So, again, we picked basically the very, same thing very for close. very similar reasons. But, so. yeah, I, you know, going, going back the uh, years <coughs> prior to that um, – 86, obviously, like that was the peak of the 80s. You had the 4S uh, fuel-injected Mustang. You had... I didn't pick any of the other decades. Oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm just okay. going through really quick. Cool. Um, A86, you had the E30 M3, correct? In 86? Yeah. Yep, in you Europe. Had, yeah, yeah, everything was good. Like, everything... Like, the 80s peaked in 1986. The 70s peaked the in The only 19- thing I don't like about 1986 is the DOT third brake light requirement. Oh, that was That made a yeah. lot of cars yep. ugly. Yep. That is true. <laughs> For one year only while they designed it. Yeah, and then, the, next, and then the, the next year they all had LED brake lights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we can thank 1986 for really pushing LED innovation. Yes, in. and that was like part of why, the, that's how I love the AW11 MR2, because it's such yeah. a mess. Every year had a different spoiler. <laughs> Like, they could not figure out if they wanted to put a sway bar in the front. Like, for two years, they had a sway bar, and then they didn't. And then they went to, like, just a rear sway bar, and they had, like, a bigger front sway bar and a smaller rear. They could not figure out how to, like, just make the car work. They were really trying to keep Americans from snapovers. Yeah, they really were. But failing at it every year. Yes, exactly. So, 73 uh, was the last year before you had emissions, so... And bumpers. And bumpers. And I will tell you that is actually the year, and I went out of my own personal choices for 73 because my all-time favorite muscle car is a 74 GTO. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with that? No, but I mean, you, if control you're... Control T, bring it up on the screen. If you are overlooking, let's see, 1974 GTO. It is the 73 GTO engine okay. and like drivetrain 
with like a very like. inefficient catalytic converter oh, and a yes. very strange one of those like 50 inch wide pancake it's like a converters super long cat <laughs> it's so Just bad completely chock full of platinum yeah and then it had like a it had a really tiny carburetor on it but it still had the same camshaft the same distributor it's a reasonable resolution photo it the uh air intake is actually functional as a the last year that pontiac oh, yeah. had a uh like functional a scoop on it yeah it cool. a, the last year of of a functional shaker hood and it weighed 800 pounds less than a 73 gto how many 800 pounds less than a 73 gto but because of boy howdy yeah but because of the emissions requirements oh and they also had a really high take rate for positive action rear ends because like just chevy was or not chevy but pontiac was just shoveling like all the performance parts into this to try to make it as good as possible okay and um so how much like physically smaller was this than the 73 so this one's like i think like eight inches shorter and okay. like like four inches narrower like it, this is it went from being a full size to a midsize okay so this is this smaller than Jana's buick but a little bit bigger than my Cresto. i'm getting some opala vibes it's about the size of an opala actually it's the same it's the same chassis like it's the same body as an opala i kind of like the micro yeah cars. like this is very cool and so the thing is <clears throat> because they also got hit with net horsepower that year like oh it had like a third <laughs> the power how many cubic inches like, and how many it horsepower was, it was like 350 horsepower or, or it was 350 cubic inches and like 170 horsepower or something oh that's pretty it was spicy. the first year of that of that garbage but the thing is is once you put on a 73 carburetor and you took the catalytic right. converters out you uncorked sold it them for like ten thousand dollars yeah it, you uncorked it and now you suddenly have an actually significantly faster vehicle so that was like the coolest muscle car but you're still but picking I, 73 i'm still picking 73 because like <clears throat> uh, the 74 gto aside like that was also the first year the square tail in 74 so like yeah, yeah 73 is 73, way exactly better. like everything else was better it was also the year of the kenmurray gtr which okay. they made 173 of them and it was oh the perfect skyline so yeah, seventy three is just a great year, and sixty four obviously. Um, Virgil Exner was finally put into an asylum, and cars <laughs> looked normal again. Um, and you know, as much as I love like horrible looking cars, like it was better for humanity, and it was the last year before the Mustang came out. Um, yeah, thanks. Back to the fifties, and then fifty seven was when Virgil Exner was doing Ooh. his drugs, but like didn't quite <laughs> succumb to them. So yeah, fifty seven is the peak of the fifties. Like you had the Dodge D four or yeah, Dodge D five hundred one NASCAR, which had a supercharger and fuel injection. And it was it, the second year of the Firepower Hemi. Yeah, it was the second year of the Firepower Hemi. You had the fuel injected Tri fives. You had all the good things. Did you have world. a Pegaso? Yeah, Pegaso. it was one of the yeah. last years of the yeah, Pegaso. It was the last year, one of the end of the Pegaso. Like fifty seven was a very good year as well. So. Hmm. I will not go into the 40s, 30s, 20s. Thank you. 10s and teens. teens. And again, noddies. Uh, noddies. <laughs> Although I do have answers for every year. Uh, and Ryan, and I will. That has never been a doubt for me. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Anyway. All right. Back to the 90s very briefly. I always... Okay. So in the late 90s, I was in the back of an E38 740IL, and I was loving it because those Good. cars... That's are a, that's still fantastic, car. especially the pre-Vanos ones. But I always looked down on people with the Lincoln LSs because it just looked like a really like wish.com version of a BMW. 
I didn't entirely realize that you could get a Getrag five-speed manual in these. What? Until today. Yeah, the three-liter with the sport pack, you could get it with a stick. Oh, now I want that. I know, right? Like a V6 Lincoln LS with a manual? I... And it's just an S-type that's better. I don't like these because everything that's bad about Jaguar is just these. And Ford. Yeah, like it, took like it the, is the worst of everything. The movie Twins, yeah. where they explain Danny DeVito, all the leftover crap went into him. That's yeah. what this car this is. This is the Danny DeVito twin of the Jaguar S-Type. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> but <laughs> this came with a stick. Which is cool. Actually, it, you could not get that. Wait. In this country, you could not you, get an S-Type with a stick. I think you might have. I, I'm pretty sure you could not. Because I, uh, I talked to a friend of mine that totaled his S-Type R, but he had it. And he was telling me about the transmission you need to get into the U.S., but it came from the diesel S-Type. Uh, 2004 Jaguar S-Type 3-liter V6 manual sedan. No way. Yep. Really? I, I was like, I'm pretty sure I wrote one at you work. You know what? That makes sense because they clearly federalized that powertrain, so why not get some mileage yeah. out of it? Wow, are there any for sale in this country right now? I'm pretty sure I wrote one at work. Huh. I'm I'm... But, I mean, this this makes me, like, kind of like the Lincoln LS now. Also, I just clicked on a link and it probably do a Malibu for sale. What the hell? <laughs> okay, uh, Autopian, your uh, oh, that was an ad. Oh, that's clever. That's an ad. Oh, huh. right. It's not a photo gallery. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the Lincoln LS is, is aged fairly well as far as Lincoln product of that era, uh, visually. Uh, yes. Everything else, it's not good at all. No, they, it definitely looks good. And I think the problem with the LS is, as much as the LS existed, like, had going for it, yeah. the Mark 8 existed. Also, the E39 528 existed, which is a way better But I mean, car. like, even within, if you were, if you lived your entire life and if you... Like, yeah, 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 for sure. If you needed a Lincoln. It, it, yeah, like, if, if you would cease to, like, exist... After you've left the lot of a Lincoln dealership without buying a Lincoln, <laughs> the Mark Eight existed. Like that was actually a very cool vehicle, and like they had two completely different. Wow, look at that! Yeah, no they way. had two completely different Mark Eight. But you're right. The, like, I mean, that car had the Intec V8 already. Yeah. The four cam modular, which is well, they awesome. also they had two totally different like headlight styles. They had the super <laughs> narrow ones and the really giant ones. Like they're both of them were great. Hey man, you got to make all your customers happy. Love that. So, um, but but I, I thought that was cool. Both of these cars totally would fit within a one horsepower per 22 pound power to weight ratio, uh, <laughs> which means that you could theoretically take them to the Grid Life Sunday Cup. <laughs> Your segues will always be so Thank much you. better than mine. <laughs> um, so, Grid Life has. Is it actually spelled like ice cream Sunday? Yes. Is there a reason for that? But because the Sunday with a Y is a race that oh, happens in Gran Turismo, yeah, okay. and this is obviously a reference to that, so I don't want to copyright infringe them. So it's the Sunday Cup. Wow. Um, so check out these rules. Uh, one horsepower per 22-pound power-to-weight ratio. <laughs> Bolt-on <laughs> modifications only, so you can't do like some crazy engine work. You can't do like, $20,000 in head work on your like 92 Accord. Can't put center locks on it. Exactly. <laughs> well, I guess that what you could. That is technically a bolt-on. Oh, I suppose it, yeah. that way of doing center yes. locks, sure. Um. Uh, sorry, no limited, no aftermarket limited slip differentials. Uh, no custom, factories. Yeah, no, no custom gear ratios. No extensive aerodynamics, so you can't like spend fifty thousand dollars and hire a NASCAR or NASCAR a uh, NASA scientist to make you a special body kit. <laughs> well, it, it, basically, it's made so just anybody can get in and enjoy it, and it's very similar to the Sunday Cup in Gran Turismo, where it's just like. 
hey, no you relation. have to have your slow car. Um, so, okay. I mean, okay. So give me a 200 horse car. What would that have to weigh? Um, 22. Uh, I'm bad with mental math. One horsepower. Yeah, so, wait, wait, that. I'm bad. Like 200 horse. I'm just curious. Like, Two, 200 horse would be 4,400 pounds. Oh, wow. These are slow cars. Yeah. So wow, a 2.7 liter charger. Yeah, basically. But like, <laughs> oh, man. Fits, Miatas. Yeah, 2,200 pounds, 100 horse. That'd be great. Like, Mirages, <clears throat> literally. Like, it's easy W30 with the restrictor plate. The, these are totally reasonable cars that you can drive to the track, race them, and then drive them home. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it's made for. That is why I bought the 124. I love the maximum tire width of 205 millimeters. Like, you cannot put a silly tire. Like, most cars today. This sounds don't. like so much this fun. This is a perfect, like, it, it, you need to have tiny tires, tiny engine. This is good. I, I'm so here for this. I want to take a car to grid life. Now I just so want bad. a souped-up Fiat 500 with some ballast in it and call it good. Yeah, seriously. Like, a Fiat 500 with a rear ballast would be great. Just get that rear end from not flying off the road. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure it's fine. What could go wrong? But, yeah, no, it's very cool. Like... I like that it's a nod. You to need, the to, you need well. to have. Let's see here. So like, yeah, you have to run decals for grid life organizers, obviously. Um, for you know, so they know who you are. Tow hooks. Uh, vehicles have to have minimum safety standards, like roll cage. Uh, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what I want. Are they doing this at all the festivals, or just Midwest, or? Um, Excuse me. So they're introducing it. Um, yeah, they, it looks like they're, it's going to be at all their races now. That's awesome. Um, I've been meaning to go to Grid Life uh, Midwest, so maybe this will be an actual reason to yeah, go. Yeah, we should actually go. Because uh, I, like I, right? I know Chris, like the guy that runs it. I've met him years ago at like uh, a team nostalgia. You know a Puerto Rican uh, Japanese car club that used to go to their like their car shows? and No, like, but I, I know a lot oh, yeah, about they, Puerto Rican car they had a Yeah, they had a Memorial Day car show okay. that they would do every year in Chicago. And I, I went a few years, and I met Chris, uh, the well, owner of Good Life there. Right okay. And, yeah, he drove, like, a right-hand drive, like, CRX. He also has, like, daily drivers a Honda Street. Like, he's a very cool person. <laughs> so he is a fan of Slow Car Fest. Got it. Yes, and that's why he made this. Like, he's, a, he's just a fantastic human. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to, uh, see this and I would love to take our, out. um, I just wish grid life was in Michigan, which was closer. Yeah. Michigan's not that bad, but there's like a lake in the way and which like, makes it, but the ferry is kind of fun. Yeah. But like it makes it significantly longer to get to. And if you're driving like a car, it's prepped for racing. Oh yeah. No, but I would just be spectating. So it would take something comfortable. No, but that's the same. Like, I would like to take a car out on the track for this, but it's like, I don't want to drive. I don't have money for racing. Yeah, I don't want to drive a Fiat with a roll cage or something in there. It'd be ridiculous. I so, mean, I, I think a Fiat with a roll cage would be pretty cool. But. Yeah, but I, I'm going to tell you here and now, I get tired of a good, of like a normal car from here to Chicago, and this is twice as far. Yeah, when I drove out to the thumb of Michigan with the Model S a couple of years ago to work, start working on the 2002 uh, swap parts, yeah. I was pretty done with the trip by the time I got there. I'm like, this is much further than I thought it was going to be. No, it's not fun. Like, the no. fun ends in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, no, yeah once a- you get every- into, like, Indiana, you're like, ugh, okay. No, I don't want to stop anymore. Yeah, no, you're just like, <laughs> it, you're, you're just like, I just want to be out of this car for the rest. I'm going to be honest now. I'm not entering another motor I would take the ferry. Ever again. For sure. Yeah. Like, it does cost some money, but it's kind of fun. And I try to think, significantly like, shortens the trip. Maybe, possibly... Like the Buick with cruise control and air conditioning and like a television. I might be able to make that happen. 
Because that is the most. I, I would have only to need, if you put that big hawk television antenna on the trunk. I, I would need like a couch on wheels, which is effectively the Buick. <laughs> Except the Buick, I'd have to like stop every other town to fill up. <laughs> I was up. gonna say, like, other than the fact you'd burn for like eight hundred gallons of fuel on that trip. Let's see here. So it gets eight miles per gallon everywhere. It's a literally. It's, it's a Detroit diesel. It gets the same fuel economy idling as it does at full it, tilt. It's on the estimated highway. fuel economy is like literally like eight to eleven. <laughs> yeah, I'm not exaggerating. The Dynaflow is garbage. Um, Just turns fuel into so, heat. Well, let's see here. So ten. Well, oh, this is very simple. So ten miles per gallon. Um, and then it's going to be about an 800 mile trip. So yeah, I'd have to fill up like eight times. I think. Yeah. What, what 80 gallons of fuel? Yeah, it'd be 80 gallons of fuel. No, actually, I'd have to fill up three times because it's it, it what is they a need to do. 20 gallon tank. Next yeah. time they do grid, grid Life Midwest, they need to make sure that Radwood is also happening at about the same time because I would make that trip for both of those events. I think I could do that. Yeah, I, that'd make me feel good. What if they called it? There has to be a rate. Like, what if they held it at Road America? That would be badass. Because I don't want to go to Michigan. I don't either. And Road America is less than half the distance. Is a third the distance, literally. Ah, that one. Yes. <laughs> it is literally almost exactly one third of the distance. If there was a Radwood, I would take an interesting car. Yeah. So like, yeah. And if it was like Road America, I would like feel much better about taking a car I actually want to drive there. Yes. Actually, my, that's within my AAA range. Somewhere good. I think the Cressida would qualify for that. As it does. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Of course it does. It's like ninety sevens, like Sp- the cutoff. Speaking of Cressida, um, I joined this Atlas forty two hundred swap. Yeah, group. I think you gave me a screenshot of. Like I think the, I shared DCOE forty fives. Yes, on, and somebody made a DCOE forty five uh, manifold <laughs> adapter. I now I'm thinking like, well, shit, like that's actually cheaper than putting in a one UZ. Oh wait, if cheaper. I end up not having to sell the Cressida to mm-hmm. like pay bills and like not like die of starvation, <laughs> I would actually oh, I, that that might actually be a good option. I think it'd be kind of cool because I'd make like I love LL8s. They make stock that make as much power as a 2J with bolt-ons. Like, not increased boost or anything, but like a 2J with, like, an intake and exhaust. Like, it's the same power as an LL8. And that's with the dog shit truck manifold, too. Yeah, and I would just do the dog shit truck manifold and just literally put it in there with a manual transmission. Because... Mm-hmm. We were talking briefly, and we had this conversation, but, like, the flywheel was always the problem, because GM made one prototype, and there's one there's guy company, that used to make them. That, no, there's several companies that now make them. Good, because, yeah, the, the truck... The Colorado five speeds out of the four and five cylinder bolt right up to the yep, actual engine. Yep. But the flywheel had the wrong bolt pattern on the so, six cylinder. Yeah. So the they, six cylinder, they make an adapter flywheel and they just need to use the ring gear off of uh, the normal truck flywheel. So you yep. just take the normal truck flywheel, rob the ring gear off it, stuff it on the new one, and you're good to go. Yep. And so, those transmissions literally are $75. Yep. Because I did a bunch of research on this engine for the E36 M3 before I wanted to put a flathead in it, which I also didn't do. Yeah, no, the world has changed in, like, literally two years. Like, I believe it. Like, yeah, no, this company, like, came out, and there's like, here you go, here's here's your... Like, I think it's because LS has got expensive. I think it's because 3D scanners got cheap. 3, 3D scanners got cheap, LS has got expensive, 1UZs are harder to come by now because the LS400 is actually a collector car now. So you can't just like thanks cash for clunkers. Yeah. So like no, it's not even that. It's just like thanks bring a trailer. Like <laughs> really, it's like hey, people did are you like guys know that these cars are actually really good. Yeah. Oh really? Cool. Yeah. Well, so like there you, goes that. And like you cannot find them in terrible condition anymore. 
because like they've all been robbed it's just of their like e36s yeah you can't find them anymore it's like, like they're all good all the leftover ones are good yep they're either good or they don't exist and so here i am looking at trailblazer engines ll8 is a it, cool ma- it makes you feel better that it's at least in a zuzu design for the most part so, i don't care who designed it i love a big old straight six. yeah i feel weird about putting an american <laughs> engine into a japanese vehicle because i'm such like a japanese car evangelist like Japan made good things. However, I'm, I mean, I get it. I am a bigger Isuzu fan than I am a Toyota fan. Jesus. I will die on this hill that Isuzu never made a bad car. <laughs> Every car made. I don't even know that many Isuzu. Isuzu cars. Every car they made was great. They had the, they had the, the Florian. Impulse. They had the Impulse. They had the Bellet. They had the Belel. They had great cars. Every car that they made was great. Yeah. Like, okay. even the Florian. They just sol- they'd select not making cars when they're not going to do a good job. Yeah, no, they just, yeah, literally. And even when they did do a captive import, like, for instance, the Isuzu Asuka was solely a, we did get those. Okay. We got them. The, have you ever seen those Honda Accords that said Isuzu on them? <laughs> no. Because the last generation of Asuka <laughs> was an Accord. Is a CD Accord. <laughs> that is so weird. I know, right? It's like seeing an Isuzu Ascender. I'm like, I don't even know what to think anymore. Yeah, no, the the Isuzu Asuka was a CD Accord a sedan, like with a two liter with a manual. All the Isuzu engines are fantastic. Yeah, well, no, it was a Honda everything. Oh, okay. It, so was, it was literally just it, it. It was a two liter F series. Is only is the only two liter F series we ever got in the United States. That's so weird. Very strange. But uh, I Bissimoto's cream in his shorts. Yeah, I know, right? Tuning one of those. <clears throat> so, yeah, there's the... But before that, the Asuka was a, Subaru, a first-generation Subaru Legacy. Because why wouldn't it be? Because th- that's another perfect mid-sized sedan. And then before that... Or a wagon. That is true. And then before that, what was the other one? They did make one before that, and I'm blanking on what it was. I'm asking the wrong person. I can barely breathe. Oh, my God. What was the first-generation Subaru so Asuka? What was wrong with me? Yeah, wow. Why would you not know that? Really obscure fact. I'm so sorry about this. (laughs) The entire audience right now is like angrily sighing. I know. I'm very sorry. I'm blanking on it. (laughs) Oh, yes. The first generation was a... Actually, it was an Isuzu-built vehicle. It was based off the GMJ platform. Oh, wow. Okay. But they had an Irmshire turbo version. You should Google... Isuzu Aska, A-S-K-A, Irmshire, I-R-M-S-C-H-E-R, Turbo. This was in 1983, mind you. All right, images. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like a much better looking celebrity. Because that's wow. what, literally, it is a Chevy Cavalier or celebrity. Look at that. What the? Yeah. 150 horsepower. Two liter turbocharged inline four. Putting that, fuel on, the, putting that on the bull list. Actually, it's kind of already on there <laughs> on, on my. But I mean, like, you can get like carbureted 1.8 or two liter or a diesel or an Irmshire turbo. Irmshire. Irmshire. You know, when I think of a really sporty tuner name, I think of Irmshire. <laughs> makes me think of embouchure, which is the mouth shape you make to blow into a horn. But yeah, if you look up the Wikipedia page for Isuzu Asuka, you have four generations of incredible mid-sized sedans, ranging from 1983 to 2003. Like, it's just, they for, for like 20 years, they just made 
They did like a, just a survey. Went, what is the greatest midsize sedan? We're just going to slap our name on it. And that's what they did. They made the greatest midsize sedans. That looks so modern for 83. I know. And it's great. That's a perfect vehicle. Like that chin spoiler is like straight 89. This is what I'm saying. Isuzu's just the best. I'm a I kind of want a Nurmshire Turbo now. Yeah. Azu- every car Isuzu made was the best car. Sorry, dude. I know, it's not your fault. Azuzu's the best brand. And I will die on that hill. I'm not even contesting where you're going to die. I know, but other people might. Well, they can all not be part of whatever we're talking about. Good. Anyway, tell Uh, me about your thing. I'm going to tell about bad brand. Okay. (laughs) Coming off my high. I know. (laughs) That's that's really, we got to keep this cyclical. I'm like the bear market, you're like the bull market. We don't want want people to get too excited about (laughs) it. No, God, no. So anyway, now that we've talked about the really great ahead of its time thing that Isuzu made in the (laughs) 80s, let's talk about a really boring Tesla Model S update. However, I want to thank consumers, even the really bad ones that buy Teslas voluntarily, because... Because of the immense backlash of that terrible yoke thing, oh, yeah. Model S and X now have a regular steering wheel. Um, but they finally went to the website. We talked about it a bit ago, yes, that they were going to bring it back, but now it's officially actually a thing. So they actually a, brought back the real steering they wheel. They did. It's now a no-cost option. It's still not the default choice. But the other fun thing is the Plaid gets factory performance brake pads because they're basically admitting that those cars crash all the time because a 1,000 horsepower in a car that you sell to somebody... Oh, you will cook the brakes on that. They are woefully underbraked. That's yeah. horrifying. And the plaids already have six piston, like big old calipers. Did you ever take a ride in my Supra? That was a woefully underbraked vehicle as well. Yeah, I mean, I test drove a long, a long time ago. No, and in the summer, like when it was no, like. No, I didn't. Ooh, yeah. That was the very first time I ever experienced brake fed. Oh, mm hmm. Well, I've just, I've, I've experienced like brakes just not having enough gusto oh, to really these, slow a these, car down. You had about. Two good brakes. You could not slow down at once from 100 miles an hour to 30. You'd have to take several, several second breaks between that. Yikes. And it was not the, the pads were fine. The rotors were fine. Everything <laughs> was, the fluid was fresh. Everything was the way it was supposed to be. Was that a regular vacuum booster? Yeah. What it the was, hell? It, it, they like it, but that's also the thing. Like it was a 14 inch wheel that was and that's- stopping a th- 3,500-pound car from 100 miles an hour. I have experienced, like, I, I'm going to crash brake issues yes. three times in my life. Yeah, and that was... Once was my 190D turbo diesel, slowing yep. down in Champlin when a light turned yellow, and there was some speed involved, yes. and I had four people in the car. I just had it on, it was floorboarded, and it was slowing down, but barely quickly enough. Yes. Another was in the P90D Ludicrous right when it came out, borrowed it to give Corey a ride, and in Lowry Tunnel... Oh, God. I had nowhere to go, and I was slowing down because around the corner, hey, there's cars there doing like 20 under, and I was going faster. I'm like, again, just I might die. on the floorboard. I'm like, I'm, well, I'm getting ready to call my insurance company because this is going to be a crash. Yes. And luckily, just barely slowed down enough in time, and another one was an 18-wheeler moving into the left lane in front of me in my current car, floorboarded. It is slowing down, but not nearly enough. So woefully underbraked. I good. At least that happened, and thank you, shitty consumers, for at least forcing this terrible company to do a couple things that are beneficial for the product. Well, that's good. So, <sighs> do you want to go back to talking about happy things? Yes, please. I want to talk about the Dahatsu CO13T. <laughs> 
Because this is a truck I I recently discovered this vehicle. Oh, I can't play this video. We're going to get another copyright. All right. It just, yeah, click on the video and then I bring up on the screen for everyone. And let me, I'm going to click into the middle of the video. Hold on. Because, well, hang on. Before we get into the middle, I want you to see this vehicle. What do you think about this? You Uh, see that it looks like a tuk tuk. Yeah, it's three three wheels. You assume it's probably what classification of vehicle? Uh, an Indian taxi. Yeah, like a K car or something, right? Sure. Like a K truck. It's a 1960s Dahatsu. It's a Dahatsu as well. So obviously, it is a K car. It is, is it nothing... the predecessor to the midget? Like, what well, is this? Hang on. Oh, I, what? I'm skipping Let's look ahead. at this. That looks larger. Screenshot. That is big. How long is that bed? Well, the 13 is the. Uh, Length of the bed in feet. At least they were using feet. Because it was uh, made for the Okinawa market or something. It was very strange. But it is a 13-foot-long bed. Yeah. See, this is what a pickup truck should be. That is... Strictly utilitarian and cute. It is a whole-ass, full-size, one-and-a-half-ton truck. That has six-bolt wheels and industrial tires. With six-bolt three... Six bolt wheels. This is a tricycle. The front is six bolt. Yes. <laughs> it is one. It is the, <laughs> the beefiest forks ever made. Like a boss hoss ain't got nothing on these. It's so strange to me. I saw this and I go, okay, cool. This is a really cute K truck. This is just like drive bys in a K truck. This is this guy's review of his gigantic, silly truck. It's got a great face on it. Like it it's is smiling. It's perpetually smiling. It's got the middle tires, like the tongue. Yeah, it, it's got like a. It's like the world's biggest motorcycle. <laughs> this is the thing. You could import this to the United States. You would not need a car driver's license. This qualifies as a motorcycle in the United States. But it's massive. I know. <laughs> so it's technically three wheels. So I it's guess. not a car. <laughs> so this. Legally speaking, is the same in, in the the country's eyes as a Piaggio MP3. This is legally the exact same as the Yamaha Jog. This and a Honda Grom are the same vehicle. <laughs> this is no different than a Honda Grom. It's a Honda Grom with a bed. Well, the CC difference. I mean, you still need a motorcycle endorsement probably for this. But uh, Yes, this is several liters of oil. <laughs> Two or three cylinder engine. Is it actually several liters or is it between one and two? Several liters, if I'm not mistaken. It it, it is a whole ass truck. Um, This was not alone, though. Do you know what? I think it also has a real steering wheel. Yes, it does. Uh, Mazda also made one. What was that one called? That was called the T1500. Ooh, look at that engine. Yeah. Big spicy boy. It was a full actual engine. But if you Google like the Mazda T1500, You'll see this. Uh, I mean, you could just Google it instead of. Oh, there we go. Perfect. I did. Yeah, that's the Mazda T1500. I've seen this in person, and like it is mind-boggling. Oh, man, it's even cuter. Yeah, and it's Why like. Why did we stop making cars cute? I have no idea, but like. Look at that bad boy. I've Look seen, at his little hood scoop. I've seen one of these in real life. I want you to know, like, my head comes up to about where that mirror is. They're really big. Oh. Yeah, but it's so cute. I know it's it's adorable. Oh yeah, look at that full size Harley Road King behind it. There you go. Yeah, like you could fit several in the bed. This like this can put that 
the bed of this can fit a whole ass car. I still want to repoo more than that, but this is really cute. They're very good. I uh, absolutely, this is a bucket list vehicle for mm. me. If I ever have the chance to buy a Mazda T, they also made a smaller one called the 1300, which. Oh, what what, what does that signify? It is. Does the, it have a 1300cc engine? No, I think that's the, actually the weight. That or I can is it carry. the length of the feet? I think it's the weight oh, on okay. this. And gotcha. This also has a six bolt front wheel. Or no, it's the weight in tons, if I'm not mistaken. A 1.3 ton truck versus a 1. Point, or yeah, versus a 1.5 ton truck. Does this have but a yes. bimini top on the? Is it? Yes, they put on. A it's bit. a convertible three wheel pickup truck. Yep. Yeah, that's how trucks are. Why did our car culture just not be as cool <laughs> as the rest of them? Yeah, no. This is what happens when you win world wars: is you make worse vehicles. <laughs> like I'm sorry, like that is objectively better than any other vehicle in the world. It is so dumb. A better a better car is a dumber car. If you have a smart yeah. car, you get. If you have a smart vehicle, yes. you have a crossover because yeah. that's the thing that just checks as no, many boxes as possible. We've been over this before. The worst cars are better. That is the worst possible vehicle, which ergo means it is the best. This is the perfect enthusiast truck. Yes, yes correct. That, that is it. That this, is, there you go. The, speaking of wars and car things, yes, I want to talk about Latvia shipping all of its drunk drivers' cars. After they've been seized by the state into Ukraine. Latvia is such a based country. <laughs> I love this so much. And it's like, so in Minnesota, for our listeners here, like when you are a repeat drink driver, you get a whiskey plate, which is yep. a white license plate that starts with a W oh, to it, signify that you shouldn't be behind the wheel of anything. It is, it's effectively a scarlet letter. Yeah. Like you, you are stuck wearing this. But for... if this happened to you in Latvia, your car would be repossessed by the state and shipped to a family in Ukraine that does I not have a car that. anymore. I That's... think it's a fantastic idea latvia is such a great country because they like live right next to russia yep. and they know that like it there's no point in appeasing russia right so they just live to be the biggest pain in the <laughs> fucking ass hey can we get through I'm like yeah maybe tomorrow and like you're, do you have that form sign well you know so like <laughs> if you're like familiar with the map of like of europe um you know russia has a little enclave like if you ever look at like a map of russia it's just Russia, and then, like, there's a blank spot, and there's a little, like, rectangle that's really small. That's called Kaliningrad, is that little rectangle. Okay. To get to Kaliningrad, you have to go through the Latvian border. Okay. In Latvia, um, had to be told by NATO to let the Russian tra- trains through, because <laughs> Latvia wasn't doing it. <laughs> And they're like, we really, like, we want... How many of them were Slav squatting at Natadus? They, they literally just, like, I think, like, they, like, literally blocked the track. Like, they put a tank on the track, went, nope, sorry, you're not coming through. Yeah, you can't come through right now. There's a, we're servicing our tanks today. Yeah, so they, uh, yeah, uh, NATO, like, had to tell them, like, not the you, but, like, it was like, hey, I listen, really hope like, on your honeymoon trip you guys go to Latvia. I would love to go to Latvia. <laughs> Latvia is such a base country. I was thinking, like, we should do this, too, but then I'm like, all of the cars that the drunk drivers drive up here are so bad, and we have no safety inspections, oh, they wouldn't no. want them. <laughs> We're not. So we're not good. trying to harm okay. Ukraine. <laughs> How many do you think they've shipped over in the last two months? Oh, I mean that Latvia is a slot. It's an Eastern European country, so hundreds. Two hundred. What? Two hundred oh cars, and and that's from offensive drink drivers, not just somebody that got pulled Jesus. over for it. So two hundred in the last sixty days. Good. Good, good going, brilliant. Latvia. is <laughs> a great country, <laughs> and there were probably cars that were previously stolen in the United States and shipped over, but whatever, it doesn't matter. So, all right. Um, 
Let's have one last quick little topic. I want to talk about a great future classic that's coming up. And this is something that's under everybody's radar. Which is? First and second generation Honda Fits. Oh, you put the second in there, too. Yeah, because they're basically the same thing. The second generation was just an improved first generation. Wasn't it a fair bit heavier? Nope. Really? They Hmm. weighed, I think it was like within like 100 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. But they just moved the engine a little bit further back for better handling. It made it much harder to work on. However, it had (laughs) a much better color palette. Yes, I do remember that. That was right around the same era that they went to the EXP and they had like a bunch of metallic blues and greens. But like, realistically, like the fit, having spent extensive time in a fit, uh, was the last gasp of like old school Honda where like lightweight, high revving engines, the slow car fast thing. Like, you know, a first generation Honda fit felt very similar to the EF hatch. Mm -hmm. And. Like the well, first same gen- formula, yeah. Yeah, like the the third generation fits the bill as well to a lesser extent. Yeah, but that's like the second gen XB. It's like he kind of phoned it in. Yeah, like it wasn't as good. It was. It, it's it's good, but like you know, it looks wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst part. Third gen fit. I will it say it looks wrong. The first generation I like the most uh, because the other two generations have a cursed design problem. Um. You know the door handle? They have the little keyhole for it. Mm-hmm. So the door handle pulls up to open the door. Yeah. Well, that plastic piece that goes around the keyhole is part of the handle. Yeah. And so if you have your key in the door and you open the door to pull it up, oh. you have to pull the key out before you open the door. That this is odd. It's such a mild like, like the, nuisance. But uh, it's, no, only if your keyless is broken or you didn't order it. Or like... Yeah, or if your car is dead or something. Sure. But, like, it's just, like, it's such a situational thing. Yeah. Like, that. that's, like, the QA analyst, like, bug testing thing that was missed. <laughs> that's the bug bounty for the fit? Yeah, like, that was the thing that they missed. And it's just, like, it's just, that's, that, that literally is why I would, like, th- that's enough to make me shy away from one. Oh, my God. Like, it, like back in the day, that was enough for me to shy away from one. Well, like, I mean... I, I recommended those cars to people all the time. Like, they're tremendous on fuel. They're very reliable. They are super fun to drive. They were cheap for a long time. They're they, still pretty cheap. They don't but... really get stolen because they don't interchange with anything. All right, it's they... an L-series engine, right? So... Yeah, it's an L-series engine. I mean, it's kind of like a CA Accord. Where a CA Accord, yeah, everything bolts onto it. But there's not anything from a CA Accord that you want to put onto something else. Right. It's not like, like it's got a B20 under the hood. No. Like, you could... And, like, they even had the same... They had an all-wheel drive version in Japan. Of the CA? Uh, no, of the uh, Fit. Oh, okay. And the Fit all-wheel drive version had the same all-wheel drive system that the HR, the first-gen HRV had. Oh, interesting. Where you had the twist beam that went up around the differential. Yeah. Very strange. That's... But you can make an all-wheel drive Fit now, like, very easily. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, like, even though it's the real-time all-wheel drive system, but whatever. It's a terrible all-wheel drive system. Yeah, but but that's, if you need it, okay. It's better than a boot in the ass. Oh, like, that's a, it's a pretty... It's, better than Haldex. Yeah, it works. But yeah, no, that, that's a very cool car that a lot of people do not think about. And what about the first-gen in this country, Yaris, though? Because, I mean, that's about the same age. That's... I want one very badly. When I was buying the Fiat, I was looking for one. I know. I wanted... I could not find the spec I wanted. Is I wanted a uh, first generation three door in a color 
with a manual transmission yep. under 100,000 miles. Oh, that would have been tough. They all yeah, got driven. They Every single one's been driven and used. And, and same thing with the fits, too. I mean, you can find some old people, but they're going to be autos. Yeah, and I was also, like, price was a, a factor as well, because my full intention with the, with the Yaris was I wanted to get the TRD supercharger to put on it. And so if it was... It was one of those things where I was, I was actively looking for one. If I found a, uh, a TRD supercharger before I found the car, I'd buy the supercharger for the car and then have to buy the car. Right. But it was I could not find either of those uh, those items in a timely fashion. Hmm. I, I could find cars with TRD superchargers and then just take it off and sell the cars in the <laughs> car. But um, yeah, but then you run into the computer and all that kind of stuff. So no, yeah, but I think they just had like a piggyback or something. Like it was, oh, that could be. It was like yeah. a gruddy e manage or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it just like all, they, they basically just bolted together. Um, yeah, I but think then, those... I, then I found the Fiat with a red interior, and, and like it already had, had a power adder yeah. from the factory. Exactly, perfect. So, so I yeah, I mean these these are in the noughties that we got both of those cars, and there are there are some other cars that we'll talk about in like ten years time. And mm-hmm. I've got those in there too. But what's yeah, the Matribe twin? Matrix vibe twins. Oh, Matrix <coughs> vibe. Matribe. Matribe, yes. So those, those are, are very, earlier, those but are they're sim- quite a bit bigger, and they're similar to the Yaris. I mean, same engine. No, no, they were the ZZ engines, actually. Yeah, uh, My bad, yeah. they were based off the Corolla. One and two but still, ZZ. yeah. The, no, they're very good. The AZ series was in the uh, Yaris. It was the non-Atkinson cycle version it was of... It one five. Yeah. yeah, it was the XB engine, the first-gen XB engine. Yes. Anyway, um, those are great, too. Yeah, it, they're really cool, especially if you get the uh, Vibe GT. Mm-hmm. Which, yes, that, the that's, ZZ. The one, that's the one you want. Especially because all those engines still work because they were rev-limited to 7,800 RPM, so they never f- failed the oil pumps. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can very, just flash them. Yeah, very good vehicle. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, just basically any of those late 2000s, like, compacts. They're all good. Find a small car with a stick, and that's it. Just Next next episode, we're going to have, if we have time, we're going to have a quick um, little, like, buyer's guide thing. Because Johnny Langholtz is looking for a car, and he's having a oh, hell God. of a time. Oh, God. So, oh, God. We'll, we'll get on that next episode. <sighs> But anyway, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.